to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons, and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. I have another really exciting guest for you today. Welcome, Alexis Kingsbury. Hi there, Jane. Great to be here. Yeah, so good to have you here, Alexis. So so you're an award-winning entrepreneur and you've got over 10 years experience and you run two SaaS businesses currently with a remote global team. And you're also known as the process guy because you help businesses become more efficient and lean and unlock their growth through removing their obstacles through smart business processes. So we're going to get into that. It's a lot about the tech, isn't it, Alexis? Yes, I've always been a bit of a, a techie person, I suppose, even right, but since I was a, since I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've always kind of bridged that divide between the tech and the business throughout my career, I suppose, arguably. So, yeah, looking forward to diving into it and exploring how to make it really practical. For, for yeah, OK. Um, I mean, that's that's great, isn't it? Because tech is really a facilitator. It's, a, it's an enabler, isn't it, of growth? And we love on the Smart Connector podcast, we love tech. You know, we we love talking to people about tech, but I'm not a tech person. I'm a brand marketer. So I rely on my guests and really smart people like you to come and demystify this whole process of, look, how do we make a business lean, efficient and unlock its growth? Because that's what it's all about, you know, through using smart tech. So we're going to get into some of your sort of special hacks and tips and you know what you do really I want to get into the nuts and bolts of it in this interview if that's okay with you love to yeah exactly. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great great so so first of all Alexis tell us about your two SaaS businesses what do they do how did how did you start them why are you running two businesses what's kind of what's that all about yeah yeah great crazy entrepreneur that's the, the classic the classic trope of an entrepreneur who decides oh yeah you know running a business is quite busy and exciting how about I do another one that'll make them <laughs> yeah so my my background you know I was I was always an entrepreneurial kid starting various different things you know starting my first website business when I was I think about like 14 15 years old and really struggled to to scale what I was doing beyond me so after university, became a management consultant, helping large organizations like AstraZeneca and BP and Honda and UK government and so on, helping them to sort out their processes and be more efficient. And what I learned is that the way in which they were able to deliver at scale, something that I hadn't been able to do with my own businesses, was by com combining people and process. And so I then started my own consultancy with my co-founder Paddy with an aim always from the beginning was we wanted to create a software business mm -hmm. we were so both geekily inclined and particularly Paddy's got the background in actually developing software I've got a lot of 
the background in terms of understanding the the kind of process and working with clients and all those sorts of things. And so we kind of brought that together in in what we were doing. And so our first business, SpiderGap, our first software business was SpiderGap, which is a 360-degree feedback tool. So that's all about supporting employee development. And that's now used by 550 organizations around the world, including companies like 3MP, DITVOC, Swarovski, Fitness First, Pepsi, all sorts of organizations out there helping to help their employees prioritize their personal development, which is something that we're really passionate about, you know, is, is that both development of ourselves, but also supporting the development of others. So that was our, our first software business. And after rocky years, you know, it's one of those things where people tend to draw these hockey uh, hockey stick charts and go wow you've had this amazing <laughs> success and you know you got awards and all these sort of things but it's like it didn't ha- it didn't feel <laughs> like that and it took a long time particularly in the early days and so but we did manage to then grow it and got to a point where we've now got a global remote team for with people based in nine countries across five continents and and I'm Myself and my co-founder actually are no longer operationally required in Spider Gap, and it's, it's run by a fantastic COO. So all the day to day, the week to week, you know, I'm, I'm not required in, and can be just strategic on that business. And what was fantastic is that that enabled myself and Paddy to kind of look a little bit wider and say, well, what you know, what other challenges would we like to solve out there? And one of them was something that we'd experienced ourselves building spider gap which is how do you delegate how do you scale how do you bring people into your organization and get them up to speed quickly without derailing everything else that's going on for you mm-hmm. and we we had learned that actually documenting your processes and documenting onboarding was super powerful in terms of being able to do that but that the tools out there the approaches out there were just not great and so most business owners that I knew and I'd gone through the same problem was that you'd start to try and document this kind of stuff probably in Word or Google Docs or try and cobble together some videos in Loom or whatever and it would kind of solve a few little problems and and the team start to use it and you get excited and this is great I'm going to free up all my time but the team struggle to find the right guidance therefore not everyone uses it they're still not consistent no one keeps it up to date and as a result, give it a few months or years, you're kind of back to square one and you've just got this mess that you can't really deal with. And so <laughs> we created Air Manual to basically solve that problem. So we created a, an approach to sorting out your business processes that actually works and things stay up to date, but also provided a tool that removes the friction. So it removes the friction from team members being able to make quick updates to your process or and removes the friction from quickly capturing a process while you're doing it rather than that being a thing that, oh, but that's going to take hours. It's like, no, no, you can capture it at the point of doing it. So, so that's what we do. It That's what we created in Air Manual. But I think the, the greater purpose behind that business, you know, with SpiderGap, it was all about a passion for development of the individual. For Air Manual, it was our passion for changing people's lives in the sense of, freeing up their time so they can spend spend it on what matters most but also removing the mental stress so that they can have a greater impact because i I really believe that you know business owners business leaders 
are are in such a great position to have a positive impact in the world, whether it's you know improving people's situations at work or in the home or whatever it is. But that can't happen if you don't have the time or the mental space to be able to create that impact. So that's what we're all about is is kind of creating that space that you can do it. Oh, absolutely. I think that sounds amazing. And just a question, do you use blockchain technology or are you planning to introduce blockchain technology into your businesses? So we, not directly. So there uh, my technical team, I'm sure, may be able to identify specific cases where it's used as part of various security stuff that we have in the background because we have to operate enterprise-grade security. We've recently got our ISO 27001 certification and so on. So there's a whole load of stuff there around keeping stuff secure, but specifically not blockchain as part of our tools. I think that you know blockchain and cryptocurrencies and more recently kind of ai and so on kind of come into the the field of view and these kind of tech opportunities as you mentioned in your intro and one of the challenges i think for business leaders is to work out you know is is this hype is this relevant to me is there something i can do with it is there an opportunity is there a risk to me and i think that that's something that we've been really good at i think partly because of our consultancy background is is taking that step back and and really looking at avoiding getting sucked into the hype and instead look at the real real world application so blockchain isn't something that we've ended up utilizing however ai and and related tools certainly are and particularly in terms of improving efficiency and processes amazing when you when you're talking alexis i'm just thinking i'm just thinking you know the businesses that are adopting your methodologies and processes they are going to be really efficient businesses aren't they because it's very very powerful when you think about where as you said most businesses were say 10 years ago relying on a lot of a lot of people really and a lot of unreliable processes because when you when you when you put it all the responsibility on people's shoulders then you need a process for managing them don't you uh, absolutely i think i think the as you say it's a, it's about managing those people i think that the you know sometimes we talk about oh yeah tech can do all these things that means you don't need it, as many people and so on and that's true and that's been a, a continuous movement in terms of specific activities requiring less human effort to do them mm-hmm. and yet uh, unemployment so that it's like lowest level and so on like it, you know when people go oh but it's terrible because it takes people's jobs it does from certain activities and creates them elsewhere and you just do other stuff, right? There's, like there's always that. And, but the key for a business is being able to, to move with that because if, if, if you're um, a fabric comp- business that was still using old technology to, to create your garments, you're going to really struggle to be able to, to compete against other businesses, right? So it is about being able to, to, to kind of move with that. And I think you know, a ni- nice example is... As we're working with a client today who their biggest challenge because one thing that our number one core value is focus on impact so we always start with what's the biggest challenge what's the biggest problem that we can solve not just oh we'll document your business it's what's the problem that we're going to start off by solving by documenting this particular area and in their case it was product returns so they have a load of returns that they'll that they'll process around 
think it works out as about 100 per month, something like that. You know, decent, really decent sized business that's operating at scale. So that's just part of operations. The challenge was that none of it was being captured particularly well. As a result, they didn't really have the reasons for why these returns were being made. Also, it wasn't always possible to for them to relist the product if maybe it was returned not because it was damaged, but because it wasn't wanted. Well, that's a product that could be sold again. And so there are all these challenges. When we looked at it, you're talking about, the, we literally worked it out as £120,000 worth of just stock that is lost as a result of bad mm-hmm. process for how they're managing it. And that's not even then adding in all the time that tens of people across their organization are having to spend on, hey, we've got this item sitting on a shelf. I don't know why it's here. Okay, I'm going to try and look into it was a customer return or whatever, like all of that mess and pain. And then the business owner said, and actually, hang on, you've also got the impact on the customer. Like we give a terrible experience for a customer that wants to return something. Compare that to someone like Amazon, where you get a great experience when you want to return something. And so when you take a problem like that, and of course, technology can help. You know, you can put in technology, perhaps a form for capturing the details of the return, or you could even provide that form to customers that they could fill it in, or you could have technology that would produce the address and a barcode and all these sorts of things. But ultimately, there's going to be some human interaction in there, like, you know, whether they're having having the call with their customer service person or that someone has to pass the, has to decide whether or not there's going to be a refund. And that needs to be consistent across the business. That needs to be done in the same way every time based on what you've decided is the right way. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, what do we do? We document, here's the process for logging a return. Here's the process for for the warehouse when they receive a return. What do they do? What do they check? Here's the process for handing that over to finance. And when those things exist and when they're followed by the teams, suddenly magic happens because suddenly it becomes not a problem. It massively reduces the the costs and the lost stock it massively reduces the time that's taken and creates a better experience for the customer and so a comparatively small amount of or a relatively small amount of time invested we're talking single digit hours mm-hmm. okay, with a, with a few members of the team and that to imp- to both map it and implement it can save hundreds of thousands of pounds <laughs> And it's, it's wow. that scale of impact that you can have when you get really specific on the business problem you want to solve and then use good approaches around processes and so on and technology to support that. It's incredible the impact that you can have. And I think often leaders underestimate the impact that you can have and overestimate the amount of work that it will take to get there. Yeah, that's very, very interesting point. I'm sure they do. And it's amazing, isn't it, the power of technology and processes, both in terms of introducing that efficiency. But I think also the interesting thing is that brand is, of course, about customer experience. I mean, it's not just that, but actually the consistent experience that a customer has when they go through the life cycle of their exposure to you is is going to determine their expectation in the future. Mm-hmm. And really the perception of your business is your brand. You know, that is what it is. So something, a, a business like Amazon, for example, their brand, they, they don't look particularly interesting or kind of groovy or whatever, but they are a very 
frictionless experience. Mm. And so that's what it what it's all about. So I can see how um, how this is is very, very important, you know, not just to, as you said, the, the business efficiency, the savings, all of those things, but also to the, the longevity and the sustainability of the business's brand and its performance competitively in the marketplace. So, yeah, really, really powerful stuff, Alexis. Yeah, and, and I think, as you say, the, the impact on your brand, and, and I think both as a, the brand facing your customers, but also your employer brand is yes. hugely impacted by it. So, for example, if we take an employer brand, you could say, well, how do you how do you show up to candidates that are interested in coming and working for you? Because, of course, there's some stuff you can do with your adverts to to betray. Oh, yes, we're a really exciting, innovative company that blah, blah, blah. But actually, what will really show you up is your recruitment process. To what extent are your values, your you know your brand values, your company values, built into that recruitment process? For us, for example, one of our core values is attention to detail. As a result, every stage of the process, you know, we've really thought about making sure that the person understands what the next step is, what where they've been before. We provide detailed feedback. Every, you know, everything that we create is 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 geared to be user-friendly and so on because we apply that attention to detail equally we one of our core values one of our five core values is enjoy the journey we're very careful in our recruitment process to make sure that people don't feel like oh yes i better get this done at the weekend because they'll be expecting it monday or whatever like we make sure that we're clear on our expectations and that we're flexible based on their work and all these sorts of things. Those are little ways in which our values are embedded throughout our recruitment process and that it doesn't just finish at recruitment, it goes all the way into employee onboarding as well. So that when people apply for to, to work in, in one of our businesses and when they then join it, the, the experience is both a consistent but a, an excellent one and in line with our values. And you know, we get great reviews for it on Glassdoor and, and so on. But really, in terms of business impact, it means that we're able to get talent that we otherwise wouldn't, given the nature of our organization and what we can pay and all that kind of stuff. And it means that we don't have failed hires. You know, some of the clients that we we work with, they'll tell us that, yeah, we need to sort out our onboarding process. We hired someone last week and after five days, they didn't stay. And we believe it's down to our onboarding process. They didn't feel welcomed. They didn't feel engaged. They didn't feel supported. And as a result, they left within a week. Wow. That is a mistake worth many tens, possibly into six figures, tens of thousands of pounds, possibly into six figures in terms of the time wasted, the impact of when you've, uh, of, not having the hire in place for longer because now you've got to either restart your recruitment process or, or whatever. That's huge. And particularly mm. if the next person that you bring in isn't guaranteed to stay either. And so fixing those sorts of processes, whether it's employee onboarding, whether it's, whether it's client onboarding is another great example. You know, yeah. we, we, <laughs> I can tell you an example of, of working with an accountancy firm where their client onboarding process was completely letting down their company and holding them back. And solving that is, was like the absolute critical unblocker so that it you know, was consistent with their otherwise amazing brand. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you raise some very, very interesting points that that all really underpin the importance of what you're talking about. And I think the the interesting thing about the recruitment process and the onboarding and so on. I mean, I'm very interested, obviously, on a client client onboarding because you know I know how it how important that is in terms of marketing and sales and so on. But just to go back to what you were saying about the employees, I mean, my children are millennials and, well, the, the older ones are. And it's amazing how much they really do care about the about the experience of the, the interface of the company. It's, it's never just about the money, I think, for mm. that particular generation. And and there is a real economic benefit as well, isn't there, to you know attracting the the right people and having them align with your process and your brand and actually ultimately your business, because it means you don't just have to throw money at them and pay them more than everybody else. So I think I think I, I can see how powerful this is for that particular you know age group as well because it's i think it's far more important than it was say you know 20 years ago absolutely and i and i think there's a variety of reasons for that i think that there there's an element of generational impact where younger generations have seen the journey that their parents have been on and their relationship with work yeah you know um i'm certain that there are generations that look at their parents and and the ethos was you know you work to earn your money and you know and and it was back in, the, in days of unions and all this kind of stuff and it's it, there wasn't that sort of passion for career development and and so on and then of course you got other generations where it was about how actually you know it's being able to travel and having an exciting job title and all those sorts of things became important and then that changed over time and and suddenly actually you've got more of a it becomes more important around flexibility and supporting having a family and more gender equality and and so that you don't have to have traditional male and female models and all these sorts of things and then i think we're also seeing again the changes in the generations approaching work then more about alignment to values and purpose and feeling like you're actually having a positive impact on the world and so i think those shifts I think often we look at it as being, oh, it's millennials versus boomers and all these sorts of things. But actually, I think that it's it's not, you know, I think sometimes it's seen as this sort of negative, oh, yeah, entitled or whatever. And I, I see it as neutral. It's each one has positives and negatives in terms of the attitude. But it is just a, a journey of, um, uh, to some extent, enlightenment and and learning. You know, the reason that we see perhaps a younger workforce coming to work wanting to you know be supporting a purpose and a passion is perhaps because we have over the last 10 years a load of news around the fact that actually there are some really important things that need to be done in the world to to avoid devastation yeah. into the climate and all these things and i think that's been created it's it's not something that you know all these these you know these whippersnappers are just annoying or snowflakes or whatever it's like no th this this is something that past generations have created in their children for the better and i i actually think it's a good thing i think that the 
having a, a workforce, having employees who care about what they do and why they do it is a good thing. I prefer that to someone who says, look, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm here for the paycheck and so on. That's, that's not what we're about. We're more about the why. And that has an impact on your, your brand and your experience with the customer as well. Someone, someone who genuinely resonates with, for example, our purpose of, of helping business leaders to free up their time and remove the mental stress that they can have a greater impact. Someone who actually believes that and says, yeah, you know, I love the fact that, you know, people like Elon Musk are out there going and solving climate problems and I want to help other business leaders to do these, these amazing things. They are able to communicate that, that purpose and that value as part of sales course with customers and, and so on yeah. so powerfully and evocatively. It's, uh, it's a real asset. And so, so I think it, it does provide a competitive advantage for organizations that are able to provide that great experience and, and one that's, you know, authentic to what they really believe in their values. Yeah, yeah. And I think the impact of, of technology in any case is we have got used to this thing about personalization and customization, haven't we? If we're, mm -hmm. if we're on Facebook or whatever, we, we are presented with ads that are specific to, to us, really. And when we go online, we can obviously, you know, type anything we want into Google and we can find out anything that we want. So this whole kind of idea of customization and personalization, again, it wasn't there, you know, many years ago, but the relentless rise of, of the internet and the whole digital environment means that um, I, think, I think our expectations are different. And that, that is the beauty of, I think, some of the stuff that you're talking about, because it enables more precision, doesn't it, in terms of communicating, not just with employees, as you said, but also with clients and, you know, within the business as a whole, in order to make it a more fulfilling personal experience for everybody, rather than a one-size fits all this is the way we do it around here and you either fit into it or you don't which is the old way isn't it the old outdated bad leadership unnecessary way today uh i i, I would argue so and so yeah I'd, I'd i'd agree with that wholeheartedly i think the the amazing thing is how quickly things move and mm -hmm how dated stuff can suddenly appear so mm -hmm. for example if you take you know if you take back when i was at university which and if i take particularly my early days of university you're kind of talking about you know, 17 years ago something like that 15 17 years ago and uh, i remember literally having one of the sort of tests like coursework kind of exams like it actually contributed to like actual results was on essentially doing Google searches. It was basically <laughs> how good could you do Google search? We were taught how to do Google searches. Think how crazy that would be now if at university level we were teaching people <laughs> today how to do a Google search, right? Now you'd probably hope that someone studying management science as I, as I was, was learning how to pro train some artificial intelligence on on how to identify defects in a production line or something like you know the the level of uh, of ability and what we teach and what we expect from people 
is so rapidly changing that I think that sometimes we don't even realize it, you know. Yeah. I, over the last 10 years, people have been talking about the, the comfort that the younger generation that are coming into work have with social media. That's a really important thing. Social media has taken the world by storm and you've got a load of older business leaders who frankly have had to run to try and keep pace and, and get speed. And yet you've got a workforce being filled every day now with people who have grown up with it since they, you know, as far as they can remember and are completely comfortable with the fact that there are multiple channels and it's not just Facebook plus new ones, which is basically how, what my childhood <laughs> looked like. And so I think, I think that's, uh, that's powerful when you're looking at growing your business and, and utilizing people plus, you know, processes and technology is that there's so much out there in terms of what you can, you know, in terms of the, the power of technology, but it, it's ultimately only utilized by people. So you have to make sure that you're an organization that is attracting those people, not deciding that, no, we're not having them in an organization. It's our way or the highway, because the answer is that you won't be around long enough to see, see the impact of, of the next te- technological change. Well, that's right, because really what you're talking about is, as you said, it's very, very fast moving and business owners, they just don't have the time to keep up with the changes on the whole, do they? You know, they they need external help because what what you do is very specialist and it's not just something that you can, it's the same in, in, in my industry, obviously, yeah. as, a, as a marketer. That's very, very, very fast paced and it's changing all the time. And you can't just learn marketing in, during a six week, you know, module in your, in your degree or just do a kind of short crash course. And then, hey, presto, you're a marketer. You have to do it day in, day out to really understand what's kind of coming mm-hmm. uh, downstream and, and those you know, changes that are constant and they're just accelerating all the time. So, so Alexis, what I, what I'm really interested in as well is this thing about managing remote teams. So can you just explain again, or just mention again, how many people you have in how many different countries in your business? Yes. So we have Team, like the approach that we take to hiring is that we hire the best talent wherever we can find it. Yes. With only a few limitations. And in fact, it's really lovely. I got an email last week from a client who wanted to check in with me on our recruitment because they found out, you know, that or their team were having a call with a member of my team and they like found out, oh, this, this person's based in this. This country, which they might regard as a developing country, and they were they were worried and wanted to reach out. Like you know, we just want to check, you know, exploitation. I you know I told my team that you're a good guy, so I'm sure it's okay. But it'd be great to get some more information on that, which I found initially like like this is the first time anyone's ever asked me that question. This is weird, Mm. and what must they think of me? And then (laughs) thought, well, actually, I love that they've asked that question. I love that they feel able to ask that question, and also that they care. Because again, you know, it's a little bit like the generational thing and how, or indeed how the attitudes have changed, not even just generational, how attitudes have changed, where there was a time where it's like, oh, if you could just, if you can make use of low, low cost labor, great, great for consumer, 
who cares you know what the impact is whereas now people do care and I'm, i was really glad to see that so i got the opportunity to write an email explaining exactly our approach so i know it <laughs> I'm, I'm well versed in it which is that as i say we we take the best and uh, we we cast the net wide when we uh, kick off our recruitment process and we essentially allow people to apply from nearly any country there are limitations based on sanctions and countries that are aggressors in illegal wars and some countries that we can't hire in because of legal restrictions on how you can hire and all these sorts of things so there's a few restrictions probably like 10 countries that we can't hire in but generally we we're able to just cast net wide and so as a result of that organically we've ended up now hiring in nine countries so i've got team members in us and canada and kenya and india and sweden and spain and venezuela and all sorts of different places mm. as as a as a result of of that of just looking for for the best talent and it's been i mean we, i'll come back to the remote side but just on on that it's been amazing because the diversity of experience and insight and and so on that you get is just unrivaled at that kind of level right when you're when you've got people able to bring in those experiences and 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 backgrounds it yeah it's absolutely illuminating and often really um supports great innovation and and discussions and challenge and and so on which is really 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 nice in terms of you know what like we're remote we're now post covid or <laughs> like or at least well we hope <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully at least it'll die dies down continuously now but you know pre-covid we were unusual in that we were 100 percent remote organization and had been and have been since 2011 2012 so you know we've really we really know how to run a remote organization and make that work and it's funny that you know the my friends round a barbecue that would have said oh i can't imagine working from home i i wouldn't be as productive and i couldn't trust my team to do this and so on covid comes along and lo and behold suddenly they're all saying oh yeah it's i can't you know, it's so, people are so productive and i i get so much done now that i have the commute and actually my team are you know really enjoying it and so on. You're like, oh, i've been saying this for years but the you know it's it's something that we've been doing a long time i love the fact that we do it i think it enables us to support various you know life important life decisions like to what extent you spend time with your family you know mm -hmm. the fact that i basically get to have lunch with my wife every day and have coffee breaks and things and and stuff and be able to drop off the kids every morning and finish at a good time and go help them with homework like those are things that are really important to me and i know that other people in our team find various other things important that a remote working sort of lifestyle kind of really support so it's not for everyone but it's something that's really worked well for us yeah oh that's amazing well alexis it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today now if anybody wants to get hold of you what what is the best way for them to do that yeah so i suppose there's a few ways we we my co-founder and i run a podcast which is de-stress your business which you can mm -hmm. find wherever you get your podcasts or de-stressyourbusiness.com and on that we provide a load of sort of guidance and on 
some of the topics that we've talked about, but particularly how you how do you remove stress from your business and unlock growth. Mm-hmm. Um, people can also check out. We do we run various webinars. We've got some coming up on how to use artificial intelligence and chat GBT as oh, a yeah. business leader. And we've got others on like how to free up 15 hours a week and remove constant stress of running a business. So people can find those at airmanual.co forward slash webinars. But also I'd invite people to reach out, you know, follow me on LinkedIn and other social media and do, yeah, reach out, connect. You can email um, uh, me and me uh, slash my team at alexis.kingsburyairmanual.co. And it's really lovely to hear from people. I, you know, I love it when people hear a great show like yours, Jane, and say, oh, I've, you. You know, I've got this great idea. And as a result, I've done this and I had this question. You know, that's, that's what it's all about for me is, is being able to support people, make practical changes in their business so that they can spend time on what matters most and have a greater impact. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you again, Alexis. What a fantastic conversation we've had today. And look forward to, well, I'm going to jump onto your podcast, aren't I? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you on the other side. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it today. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.